soccer situation. All right, welcome to episode three of Soccer Situations. I'm Todd. And I'm Alex. It's funny, though. I was actually just at a meeting today with somebody from Meyer, and we were talking about Great Lakes Coffee's uh, unionizing of their baristas. Oh, yeah? How's that and, going? Uh, their whole response is basically they shut down all their cafes. Did they really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. It doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's a fun, that's one way to respond to your employees unionizing. Just close all of the cafes that they work in. That's so ridiculous, dude. Yeah. In Detroit, too. You're going to be trying to act like you're the Detroit coffee company and you're going to union bust. Yep. Right. Wow. Yeah. The like one uh, of the biggest unions, the UAW, the auto workers, like that's like one of the yeah. biggest unions in the country. And you're in that backyard and you're going to you're going to try and union bust. That's crazy. Yeah, that's absolutely insane. Um, but not surprising from their management. No, no, absolutely not. You know, Greg, the original owner of that company, I don't know how involved he is anymore. He's a really sweet guy, but their investors are full blown. Just like, you know, they come from Romney country, just like money hungry. Yeah, it's 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 not surprising. They're not of the people for sure. No, definitely not. I staged uh, at Big Star. I bartended at Big Star with Paco this week. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I want to learn a little bit more about bartending, and uh, it was super fun, of course. Um, they had a ton of staff behind the bar, so I wasn't getting killed or anything. Paco had a lot of time to like show me cocktails and tell oh, me yeah. about mezcal and uh, and whiskey. Yeah, yeah, it was it was super fun. You know, useful nice skills. To have that skill set. Oh, super nice to have that skill set. Yeah. Yeah. And Paco is like one of the best in the biz to learn from. He's a good source of knowledge in that world. It was it was super fun. That's cool. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Well, should we should we move on to the football? I'm sure yeah, you're eager to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. No wonder you're avoiding this. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not actually feeling too bad about it. Um Yeah, yeah so uh the Premier League, the English Premier League. Uh, open, opened this weekend, this past weekend. Uh, opening game was Crystal, Crystal Palace, Palace Arsenal at Selhurst Palace. Park. Yes. Uh, why don't you talk about the game, Alex? I'll let you take the lead here. Uh, yeah, it was, as an Arsenal supporter, a a nervy fixture to open with. Um, well, here, come, here comes the cat. Uh, right Twigs. Little Twigs. Twigs making up, buddy? Making you, his can you hear appearance. me? I think he can he hear can't. me. He might be. No, able he to can't hear me. You have headphones. I have open back headphones, though. He might be able to hear you still. Um, yeah. So Crystal Palace Arsenal starting it off. Uh, Selhurst Park has not been a kind place to Arsenal in the past few seasons. Uh, we've gotten spanked there a few times. I think a couple three nils. But yeah, the game started out hot. I would say in the first 15 minutes, I was like, we're winning the league. This is it. <laughs> we're, we're, this is it. We're the best team of all time. Uh, we took it to them intensely from the the moment it started. Um, and we're just like the cute flicks were flying and Jesus was chasing all over the place and nutmegging people. And it just looked like it was like, oh, like this is something we haven't seen from Arsenal in years. Uh, yeah. But, you know, reality settles in in the Premier League. 15 minutes kind of cooled down into like a classic Premier League fixture like that, where it was just a little more nervy. 
Palace started getting a few chances here and there. Um, Arsenal's attacks, the this, the buildup got a little bit slower. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't too bad. Um, Martinelli got got the uh, the opening goal, which I kind of predicted. I wasn't the most confident prediction in the world, but I threw him out there as a possible yeah, you, goal scorer. You called it. Don't be modest. <laughs> he said, "I think Martinelli will bag one. He's due." I don't remember yeah, you saying that. He was due. He was due. He got it. He got a header. He did miss an a- absolute sitter before he scored the header. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he almost made me look a fool with that with that miss. Yeah. Uh, I picked had, up my the, phone to text you a lull and I, yeah, I thought better of it. <laughs> the clearest chance. Uh, that was probably the clearest chance of the game, really. Yeah, I think I think uh, Ramsdale had a one on one save at one point. But yeah, it was a pretty easy chance for him to miss. Uh, but yeah, he made it up for it. Little head, a little nice little header off of a nice set play from a corner. I mean, Jaka again, a little uh, he had his <laughs> moment, he had his moment of silliness, which was You're just like, uh, it's just <laughs> It's yeah, you know, it, it's it's not surprising at this point, but it's frustrating uh, because I, I personally love the player, but he he can't help himself but do something silly. And that dive was uh, a blatant almost to the point where I was like, you know, maybe he wasn't looking for it. Maybe he knew that he was just, you know, he he knew that he wasn't going to get it and just just he just went down anyway. But then it's like, right. <laughs> It still did kind of look like it did look like that's what he was arguing when he got up, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Like I wasn't going for a dive, I was or trying to get a call. I just yeah. fell down. Yeah, like he didn't want um, free kick or whatever. Right. But, you know. Yeah. It's still. It was still pretty bad. <laughs> it was a. It was a bad. <laughs> it was a bad. Uh, um, dive. Yeah, I just with with Jaka, it's almost you know when it's a uh, Jaka on a yellow for something dumb like that. It's not even about that incident. It's like, yeah. oh boy, what's what's he gonna do now? You yeah, know? I mean, he's he he does the you know classic break up the play foul all the time, where it's like a blatant pullback, right? And then all you need is for him to slip it, slip his mind and do one of those in the second half, and he's off, and you right, know, the game flips completely. So, um, which is not you know a narrative we're not familiar with so but yeah it was a decent first half um it definitely kind of petered out a bit toward toward the late side of the first half and then the second half arsenal no changes it was kind of more of a scrappy half uh palace definitely came into the game a lot more they were getting a lot more chances putting us under more pressure our attack seemed to be a little less coherent um they weren't linking up quite as well i was shocked though i have to say at uh jesus's ability to hold the ball up He's a lot stronger than I expected him to be because he's not a big guy, but he does well against some big defenders, putting them under pressure to like kind of hold it up and kick it back to somebody and link the play up. Um, yeah, he's, he seems strong, which I wasn't expecting because like everyone was saying like he's our nine, he's our nine, you know, and I, I was like, is he though? Is he actually going to be a number nine? Is he actually going to be able to play that role? And I mean, it's only been one game, but he he looked the part. Um he was doing, you know, what Lacazette was doing with hold-up play and bringing a little extra. So um, it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Uh, defensively, I think we looked mostly sound. There were still the moments of, like, Arsenal kind of madness where the ball would ping around the center of the box a bit. Uh, Palace had some big – some they have some big players. Um, the oh, center yeah. backs on corners, and then they have some big, big players up front too. What's that the – is it – 
Mateta or Mateta? Mateta, yeah. Yeah, that dude is a beast. He's massive. Yeah, for sure. Um, so they started causing us problems in the air a little bit. But I think overall, Saliba and Gabrielle did really well. I think Saliba, I mean, Saliba got man of the match, um, which he was, he was really good. He was cleaning up everything that came through. Uh, yeah, you've been waiting for him. Uh, <laughs> satisfied with what you see so far? So far, it's yeah. I think this is like why Arsenal fans were so frustrated with the way things were handled. Which, to be fair, there was only one real issue in that, and it was the the six months where they didn't get him a loan club and he was not registered as a player. Um, right, was a complete waste of six months of a player's career. So that is a huge mistake to make up for. Um, right, as far as loaning them out, uh, obviously the loans worked. Like you can't right. argue that he he his loan at Marseille was amazing so like he needed that playing time um and right now he's you know we'll see long season ahead but you know it's proving that they did the right thing by letting him go on loan and then come back awesome um Uh, yeah it was a little scrappy end arsenal finally sealed it in the 85th minute that was a relief huge relief to get that because i you know uh, i was not confident we were gonna hold on the entire time uh, <laughs> I just figured, you know, when it gets late and it's one nil, I just wait for for somebody to pop up and poke one home. Yeah. You know, like you said, you got history with Palace and Palace is a big physical team. Those kind of teams, you never know, you know. Yeah. Yes. Sa- Zaha could fucking he could die. You know, he could get a little divey free kick on the edge of the box. And next thing oh, yeah. you know, you're under pressure and they squeak one in. It's definitely not unlikely. No, that's never a game you can take for granted with a one goal lead. Never in a million years. Yep. But not bad. Not bad way to open. I'll take a two nil at Selhurst Park all day for uh, for opening fixture. Hell yeah, that's a dream. Um, Liverpool's opening day did not go as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, you Let's might remember a more I, about that. I predicted a three nil win for Liverpool. Wound up a two two draw to a promoted side. Um, yeah. Which, you know, I feel like there's always at least one promoted team that, that springs a surprise on opening weekends. It's true. Um, and I got to say, like, it being Fulham, I'm not so mad about donating Fulham a couple of points. <laughs> um, anyway, my first thought when uh, they were coming out of the cottage was how much older Marco Silva looks. Um, I mean, <laughs> yeah. the championship ages a man because he was like a young, hot, like sexy manager. You know, he always wore like tight little black coats and stuff last yeah. time. I was like, not anymore. He's grizzled. He kind of started. He was almost one of the first like in modern times of like the modern, like fancy, nice dressed, you know, well fitted suit kind of guys. Yeah, he was definitely of that wave for sure. Um and, uh, you know, he's a good manager. Uh, I always thought it was really silly when he left. Was it Watford to go to Everton? Yeah. Uh, like, what, why take that sideways step? He was getting so much hype. He could have gone to a bigger club. If he yeah. Was a little more patient. Waited out. Keep doing well. Yeah. But his teams have always played like really exciting football. And it looks like his Fulham team is going to do the same thing. They, they blitzed us right out the gate. And we didn't have a moment. They almost gave a template on how to play against Liverpool, honestly. Yeah. Um, they pressed our midfield so well. Our midfield just could not hold the ball. Last week, I said Kevin De Bruyne was kind of the player that could have an off game and, and just throw off City's whole game. I think yeah. Liverpool player like that is probably Fabinho. And Fabinho, my boy, had a terrible game. 
He was yeah. he was a mess. He was behind the play the whole time. He wasn't reading danger like he normally does. His short passing was off. And uh, when he plays like that, which isn't isn't often, to be fair, um, yeah. our midfield just gets overrun. Absolutely overrun. Yeah, it seemed like um, they they uh, they had the right game plan of like targeting that that the core of that midfield and disrupting it um, and making yeah. sure you guys couldn't link it together. Yeah, no, we really could not connect our midfield to our attackers at all. Um, we started with the exact lineup I predicted. I think we both predicted our lineups 100% accurately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> but um, I got to say, um, Firmino coming off for Nunez was a game changer in this Liverpool game. And I think that probably set Klopp's mind in stone for the next week. I think I would be you think shocked so? if Nunez did. You think Nunez gets the yeah. start? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know how much I it's love hard Firmino. not to. Firmino is my guy. Like, absolutely yeah. love the man. I think he is the totem of the Klopp era of Liverpool. Um, I think he still brings something to the team no one else does. But, yep. um, you know, our, our attack just was not happening until he got swapped out for Nunez. Or and I can't remember the minutes of both of these subs to be honest. Um, yeah. But I thought the I thought the Milner for Fabinho substitution was also like a really crucial substitution for getting us back in that game. Milner came on and just absolutely killed it as he always does. That man is ageless. He just he just can't stop. Yeah, yeah. It's really weird. Um, he famously, I think other fans know this now, but Liverpool fans have been watching this like intently for years and years. And every preseason they do the lactate test yeah. where they, they just run laps. And after every lap, they you know take a little blood sample and they measure the lactic acid buildup um, to see who has the best stamina. And they just keep running until it hits a certain threshold. And Milner wins it every single year. Um, yeah, he's a machine. At this, at this point, he's like decades older than some of our players. And he's still in just insane physical shape that's amazing i mean the guy is yeah he's awesome and he's a good he's just a good steady player that you just want in your side yeah um definitely a player i think you don't really appreciate until you see him kind of day in, day <laughs> yeah out. yeah I yeah and he's not a lot of shit about Milner back in the day yeah yeah definitely and like he's he's not a player i don't think you want like right now you wouldn't want him in your starting 11 like, I don't know if no, you want, no, no. like, you're not relying on him week in, week out, but 
as a squad depth player, like you can't ask for anything better than him. Yeah. When you plug him in, you're not worried about it necessarily. Yeah. He's going to do his job. Yep. Um, Nunez made a good debut despite um, the game finishing in a draw goal and an assist. Apparently the first Liverpool debutant ever to bag a goal and assist. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, Yeah. The goal was absolutely gorgeous. Um, A flick worthy of Firmino or, uh, or (laughs) Giroud maybe Olivia Giroud. Just that pinged in ball, like off the instep of his back foot. Yeah. Yeah. Great goal. Um, his assist, I think, was accidental, but I'm going to give him credit for it. <laughs> Again, <laughs> yeah. he kind of just his first touch on like a really heavy pink pass. Yeah, just kind of went off his foot right onto the pass. Perfectly in a pass. Spotted at home. Um, it looked pretty. But, uh, it did. It looked great. Um, the point is, he was he was obviously generating some trouble in the opposition box. That was great to see. Oh, I should talk about Fulham's goals a little bit. I complained about them a lot on the day, and I'm still not super happy with either of them. Yeah, they're the kind of goals where opposition fans, I'd have semi legit complaints, but, you know, they're never really going to get turned over as as Klopp said in the post match. We didn't deserve to win that game. Fulham was the better team throughout that game. Yeah. Uh, they played they played great. They played us exactly how you should play us. And and they got a point that they deserved. Um, yeah. I was furious with the Liverpool performance, honestly. Um, last week, I said we hate that early morning kickoff. Yeah. And we played exactly exactly how I pictured us playing in those games. It's funny because we play literally the way you feel when you just get out of bed and you're like, you know, your environment, you're in your house, but you're still like bumping off of furniture and stuff because you're like kind of wobbly and like just a little disoriented. That's how Liverpool play when we have that lunchtime kickoff every single time. I get that. I mean, I wouldn't want to play at that time if I was playing. No, no, I don't think so either. Uh, your your routine's so different for that for that kind of kickoff, right? And like athletes are all like obsessive nut nuts when it comes to the routines. So your meals are different, your timing's different, like everything is different. Let's talk about Manchester United and Brighton. Oh man, do we have to talk about that one for United let's fans? To, let's go to the theater of dreams. <laughs> 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 I talked about Marco Silva looking older. Uh, Graham Potter has also evolved a little bit. Did you notice the black yeah. on black on black, like three piece suit? Yeah. Looking a little gross was, too. I like yeah. it. Yeah, Dude, he's, he's definitely like his reputation leveled up last year. He is leveling up. He's going for it. Yeah. Um, I like it. Yeah. He, de- it looked he like, deserves he looked it. Like, you know, like Brighton's Brighton scares me. <laughs> Yeah, Brighton's good. It's, I think on the day we had we talked a little bit. And I was like, man, if they had a real number nine, no disrespect to Wells. Um, no, they, they would be deadly. They man. would be deadly with a proper number nine. Yeah, they should, they can, they they should sh- sign Anthony Martial on loan. Yeah, yeah, honestly, <laughs> they would tear it up. They should have taken. Uh, uh, they should have tried to get Balogun on loan from us or something right. like somebody, somebody from the league. There's plenty of young, good strikers around that aren't getting full game time. They could have scooped up. Right. The window's still open. If they can add a nine or a goal scorer, I'll, I'll definitely be terrified of Brighton. But in this particular game, they, they didn't need another striker. Actually, they did just fine with what they had. They just needed Pascal gross. Pascal gross. <laughs> uh, <laughs> two goals for gross when the 30th and 39th minute, I think, Harry Maguire said that after the first goal, they just fell asleep for nine minutes until the second one went in. 
I think um, most neutrals or Brighton fans watching the game would argue they had been asleep for the whole half. Yeah, they didn't wake up the first half. remained asleep for the second half for most of Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's it's kind of too easy to pile on United right now. Um, Everyone's been doing it all week. Um, Yeah. We we can move on to their transfer strategy in a little bit. But, um, yeah, um, it really just looked like a continuation of their form from last year. Um, I saw no hint of a Ten Hag revolution. And... And again, I don't want to dunk too heavily on them because this is the first game in a new manager's uh, yeah, regime, yeah. you know, and, you know, it takes time. It takes time. It takes time. He's got a lot of problems in that locker room. Um, it's going to take time. I mean, as obviously we both take extreme joy in United's misery. Um, For sure. But, and, you know, Yeah. As an Arsenal fan in recent years, this has happened to us so many times. Like we've been overrun by teams like this who just come out with full energy and your squad's not there up for it. And you just get ran over before you can do anything about it. Um, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's essentially what happened to Liverpool this weekend, too. We managed to fight our way back into it. But um, you guys had enough talent to get a couple goals back. But yeah, but you can get blitzed by a young, hot team, especially, you know, these teams have motivation um, yep. going to a place like Old Trafford. Absolutely. They're up for it 100 percent. And if United fan like players aren't up for it, you get one goal. That first goal goes in. The heads go down. Everyone's, you know, they don't have any confidence in that that team. Like there's no, no confidence in United's team. And they have like it's crazy when you look at the money they've spent and the names in their roster and you're just like well how is this so broken yeah i'm trying to think do i want to continue talking about the game or should we just move on to their transfer strategy because it doesn't seem to be getting any better um no. this week all of the major headlines are pursuits of arnatovic and um rabio yeah uh, two men considered pretty poisonous locker room presences yeah. um maybe rabio more so than arnatovic but um Never mind the fact that Arnautovic is 33 years old um, and played a couple of years in China and is now playing for Bologna in Serie A. Obviously not the profile of player that Manchester United fans want them to be chasing. Uh, so yeah. much so that today I've read that due to fan response and uh, and so forth, they're actually killing that deal or no longer pursuing yeah, Nardovich. Yeah. I saw yeah. that. I saw that. Yeah. I mean, it, I wonder, it makes sense. Like what? Yeah. But like, what are they thinking? I, yeah, I honestly don't know. Um, he has played for 10 hog in the past. Oh, has he? Okay. Um, I think at 20, where was 10 hog before IEX? I think he played, um, in the era to with 10 hog. So he oh, knows okay. him. He's a proven goal scorer enough, but, um, I mean, he's a disruptor. He can cause problems for teams, but like you're not a mid table or like relegation club looking for some Premier League experience that can come in and rough it up and bag you a few goals. No, you're supposed to be like the the premier club in the in the league. And you're looking at a 33 year old who hasn't played in the Premier League in ages and is nowhere near the level he was last time he was there. This episode of Soccer Situations is brought to you by Littlefoot Coffee. I mean, what can I say about Littlefoot Coffee? Um, They're not just friends of the pod, they're family of the pod, quite literally. Um, 
Alex started Littlefoot years ago after more than a decade of roasting experience, um, roasting coffee for some of the hottest, most fashionable, and uh, most importantly, tasty specialty coffee roasters in America. My favorite thing about it is that it's just really high-grade coffee without a drop of pretense. You're not going to find a bunch of weird, savory notes that the roaster is passing off as intentional. It's just really sweet, comforting flavors that everybody wants in their coffee. And now, for a limited time only, you can get 15% off at littlefootcoffee.com. Promo code SITUATIONS. Once again, you can get 15% off at littlefootcoffee.com using the promo code SITUATIONS. We have both been through rebuilds and managerial changes um, at our respective clubs fairly recently. I guess it's been seven years since Klopp now. Um, Which is insane to think about. Right. Um, but I still have it keenly in mind. Um, when you see the squad picture of the squad he inherited and the work he had to do, um, the thing is, I feel like Manchester United fans want a new manager to come in and be challenging for the title. And I'm like, that's not how this works. The first yeah. step is what I saw in Arsenal this weekend, which is, oh, this is a team that's having fun. They're going out there and they're getting after it. And like, that is the first step. And I remember that mm-hmm. in Liverpool too. It's like, oh man, this team is like enjoyable to watch again. They look excited. They're, you know, they're, um, yeah. you can't just skip straight to, all right, we're championship contenders again, you know? Which I think is exactly what United's been trying to do. I mean, they need to if, forget looking at the team, their upper office, really. Uh, but that's a whole oh, 100%. other you know, can of worms. Um, yeah. And also, you have to wonder if, they don't try and jump straight to back to championship level because they don't really have a choice because yeah. God damn, they have the most toxic fan base ever. Um, Ten hog was booed off at halftime and full time on his first day on the job. Right. You know, that's insane. Absolutely insane. No matter how bad Liverpool played, like I, I would, that would never ever happen in a million years. Yeah. A new manager getting booed off the pitch after 45 minutes. There'd be frustration, murmurs, you know, they might not be singing. They sure shit wouldn't. I mean, I can't think of a time I've ever seen Liverpool boot off the pitch at Anfield. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's a it's not a great look for the club. Um, Yeah, and I feel for Ten Hag. He's going to have a hard season if they don't, you know, obviously it's first game. But if they're already on your back in the first game, I mean, Arteta can he can sympathize last year. There was Arteta out after the first couple of games, you know, no, we had zero goals, nine goals conceded, no points. Like it, 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 you know, and Arsenal fans, he had already had some time at the club. So like they had a little bit more reason to be unruly, but you know, fans over the English fans are all, a lot of them anyway, are very like quick to jump like that. Right. Um, Um, yeah, absolutely. It's it's pretty unforgiving. It's a it's a toxic environment. Um, the bigger the club, the more so it is. You know? It's true. And it's it's funny. So talking about their transfers, I think uh, clubs are other clubs are so aware of them, their mentality and their st- like, well, who they think they are still that they they overpay for players constantly, too. Right. Like. Even uh, so, like Lisandro Martinez, they signed and he was heavily linked with Arsenal. It looked like he was going to move to Arsenal. Should have conceded a penalty, by the way. 
Yeah, he didn't look he didn't look fantastic. Uh, (laughs) You know, I took slight joy in that. Uh, But no, he uh, like everyone was like, oh, Ten Hag brought him in. He you know, he convinced him to come. Arsenal were offering about 45 million pounds for him. I'm pretty sure United ended up paying 60. Right. So like you can say Ten Hag was the reason, but like really the reason is United financially forked over yeah forked over more money than arsenal were willing to for the player so like you know it's it's things like that where like they know they can get 60 out of united if they just hold out and make you know they're desperate enough to to spend it right um so it's not a great situation for the club to be in either they're known to have the money and to be willing to splash it recklessly but we'll see. Long season ahead, and there's still transfer window to come. We'll see if they can finagle a couple of deals. Yeah, I got to say, it's almost making me a little worried how much people are enjoying dunking on them and how yeah. ubiquitous the dunking is. I'm like, yeah, when it yeah. gets this bad, I feel like it can backfire. Like, oh, yeah. this is when a story comes out and they turn it around, you know? So let's yep. go a little easy on them. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's still <laughs> a long season ahead. Brighton can do that to you sometimes. They can run you over. And that's a good point, Alex. With all the talk of Man U, Brighton did not get enough credit, I think, in the media this week. They were fantastic. For sure. They've again, that's another club that's done it to Arsenal. They've they've done that same thing where blitzed us in the start, team lacking confidence, just can't get on top of them until it's too late. And then you're in like the eightieth minute trying to squeak out one goal to get back in the game and right. It, it happens. It happens. Um I didn't have any notes in the running order, I don't think, but let's talk about Manchester City a little bit. Okay. We don't really need to go into the game too much, but we should talk about Erling Holland. Yeah. Um, City ran out pretty um, comfortable 2-0 winners um, with Holland scoring both goals and just really, truly showing how terrifying he is, I think. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, I said we saw glimpses of it in the Community Shield, even though he missed some easy chances. The fact that he was getting close to those chances um, to win the penalty for his first goal. That yeah. acceleration was so explosive to beat the keeper to that ball. And it that wasn't was terrifying. even close, dude. It wasn't even close. Like, I don't know why that keeper was even running out at him. Um, it, he got to that ball so easily. And the penalty then was so clinical. It was just like an assassin's bullet. Literally tapped <laughs> off the inside of the post. and then- Oh, my God. Just so lethal. And then his second goal. Yeah. God, you make that run with that speed and that through ball from Kevin De Bruyne with the defense spread out like that. That's yeah. like so iconic, that run and that goal. Um, yeah, it really is. It, you know, for me, it reminds me of Torres. Every football fan like sees that goal and can relate to it. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? That's like it's like um, like the jump man Jordan profile is yeah. if that's like <laughs> iconic basketball dunking. Like this is like an iconic strikers goal running through the defense like that, latching onto that ball and just slotting it home. It was so, so deadly. Yep. Timing that run perfectly. The per- player yeah. that player like De Bruyne just has that that lethal like timing to release that ball just in time for him to be onside. And like, yeah, and he's again, so much faster. Like than he looks too. Oh, my God, dude. He's just great. He's so fast. It's, it's insane. He looks like a big bumbling idiot and he just can sprint like a maniac and finishing is just unreal. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be tough. It's truly. Yeah. Yeah. After that game, I was 
you know, and you know, this is obviously like the day after Liverpool's game. I was firmly in the mood. It's like, ah, they're going to yeah. waltz <laughs> the title this year. They're going to waltz this shit. It's not going to be a one point title race this year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was, that was pretty bleak viewing for a Liverpool fan. I gotta say. Um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, West, West Ham did not look good. Um, they did not look like they were up to speed for what they are capable of either. Um, that's true. And I mean, it may have just been city overrunning them and city just too good for them, but I feel like West Ham was also not at the best. I mean, that's a little bit of hope that they, you know, maybe city's not going to just trounce everybody this year, but (laughs) we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, it was ominous. We'll just say that. (laughs) Yeah. The only other game I watched was the Tottenham game, which was not pleasant viewing as an Arsenal fan. Southampton scored first and I was like hopeful that maybe, maybe it would rattle them a little bit. Um, and you know, put pressure on them to, to, to perform, but it, it didn't look that way. They just, they looks pretty scary. Um, but it's still the same to me. It looks like the same crew that was been scary from the beginning. So, you know, it's, they got Kulazeski. Yeah. He's a, he looks dangerous. He was, he looks like a good signing. Um, Son and Kane are obviously going to do their thing. I'm like, I don't know if I, like, I'm terrified of any of the signings they've made, making them that much better, but right. they definitely looked good and they'll definitely gain some confidence from a nice four one win. I think it was Vish on the ramble um, who made a, a really good point. He predicted that the North, we're about to see like a golden era of the North London Derby because uh-huh. both teams are kind of in similar points in a rebuild. They both have pretty fun, dangerous squads right now. And they're at a similar level where Arsenal and Tottenham can push each other to, to greater heights. And that can fuel some fire, you know? That's actually a great point. Yeah. And I, I think I feel a lot more confident this year with Arsenal putting up that fight in the in that North London race um, yeah. than I felt last year. Uh but yeah, no, I, I can't honestly. I can't wait for the first North London derby. I think it's going to be an absolute banger of a game. There's going to be goals galore. I'm pretty sure it's going to get feisty. Those all those Brazilians out there running into each other. <laughs> it's going to get yeah. feisty. There's going to be lots of drama. It's going to be a stressful match, but I can't wait for it. It's going to be exciting. Right on. Portsmouth versus Cardiff. Interesting final, especially now thinking about that final. Like Portsmouth and Cardiff City, what an interesting final! Like how <laughs> how does that happen? Right, uh, right. But like, I think this is around like a time where you and I were kind of really starting to kind of pick up our fandom a bit of the game. Oh um, yeah, I would I would say we're a few years deep at this point. Yeah, um, I remember knowing it was weird that Epic that um, Portsmouth was in the final. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. yeah. And at the time, I, if I remember correctly, Portsmouth was in a relegation battle, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Didn't they go down that year? They did go. Yeah, they did go down at the time. Obviously, in the league, it was the usual kind of the usual suspects. It's changed a little bit more like at that time. It was Arsenal, Arsenal, Chelsea and United were kind of the three big teams. Uh, Liverpool was still kind of on their rebuild. Um, you guys had a good, uh, it was a big four, Alex. It was the big four. All right. Show some respect. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying yes, to think Arsenal, like when... Liverpool were the fine print of the big four. Definitely. 
it wasn't long after that that they were like you guys pushed for the title a couple times. No, the very next year. Yeah, oh eight oh nine. Oh eight oh nine. We we uh, finished just just shy of the title. Yeah, um, so you know, we we, we were actually trading places at that point. Arsenal was on the downturn, and you were on the upturn. That's true. This was the the prime um, of Rafa Benitez's reign. Yeah, uh, Torres, prime Torres. Yeah, um, we had a real Spanish team at the moment. You know, uh, Benitez was not shy about recruiting tons of Spaniards. Uh, yeah. that's off off subject. Yeah, though. yeah, um, off subject. But back. <laughs> so back to Portsmouth. So. At least for me, when I first started, so I mean, a little bit about my journey into loving English soccer was it all came from FIFA. Uh, And Arsenal was my team in FIFA. Um, But my backup team, FIFA, was always Portsmouth. (laughs) I always always loved Portsmouth. They always had like, uh, I loved I loved all their African players. Yeah, they were like the one club in England at the time that had a, like a, a whole like a lineup of African players. Um, they also had their Thai Beanie Baby jerseys, which were another big seller. We could do a whole episode on Portsmouth kits. They had the <laughs> best kits. The, in the best day. kits. Every year, dude. And all of them. They're home away. Where they would just be sick. Always. Um, I still I, look for Portsmouth kits on eBay all the time. They're the greatest. They have so many good kits. But like just so... These names may not mean anything to to fans nowadays, but listen listen to these names I'm about to list off from this lineup of of uh, of Portsmouth players from the final. So up front, Kanu, you know, decent Arsenal legend, Kanu. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Suli Mantari, Nico Cranshar. Oh my God. Yeah. Flashbacks. Uh, John Utaka, another yeah, Nigerian. Yeah. Iconic. Yeah. Uh, Lasana Diara. Oh, last Diara. Yeah. 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 Real Madrid's Lasana Diara. Right. Uh, uh, Sylvan Distin. I know. Right. There's a there's a, a Norwegian that I don't I can't. I don't know if I can pronounce that name. Uh, I'm going to move past him. But uh, <laughs> the, the, the next two, Big Soul Campbell, another yeah. Arsenal legend. <laughs> And then uh, a little Liverpool connection at right back. Can you guess who it is? England right back. Oh, that that would be uh, one Glenn Johnson. Glenn Johnson at right back. <laughs> uh, and then, not too bad. Yeah. Not too bad. And then the David James in goal. Oh, legend! Legends all over the pitch. Oh, oh, I'm not even done. Look at this bench. David Nugent, the Nuge on the bench. <laughs> Shit. Milan Baros. Oh, another Liverpool, Liverpool, another boy. Liverpool I didn't boy. Know he went to Portsmouth. I don't remember that at all. I yeah. love Milan Barros. Yeah, great player. And then obviously my my boy Papa Booba Diop. <laughs> I uh, just liked him because he had that amazing name, didn't you? Yeah, it was a great name. Such oh. a good name. Same oh. with Luwalawa. That's why I love Luwalawa as well. Oh, it's good. a great name. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, that's just like a ridiculous lineup. Like all of those players in my mind at one point had their moment of like greatness in the Premier League. You know. It's funny now having the context of how small of a club Portsmouth really is. I didn't know that back then, you know, um, I, you I had, wouldn't have known. I've, uh, I've told this story before. Um, growing up, I used to think that um, like the Velvet Underground were a really big band because mom liked them. Yeah. Um, and I, it, when I was a kid, I didn't know that they were really much smaller than the Beatles. I thought they were like, uh, or Led Zeppelin. I thought they were like a massive classic rock band. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
because I knew all their songs and they were, you know, they were just iconic. Um, I didn't know, like, it turns out they've only sold like what 50,000 records or something while the band existed. They were a tiny, tiny indie band that just became legendary later. Um, and that's kind of like this Portsmouth team. They felt like this massive club. Um, it was hard for us to see that they were just a tiny kind of provincial South coast club. Yeah. Yeah. A club that, uh, at least as far as I'm aware, doesn't have an Academy even. Um, yeah, I think you're right about that. Yeah, um, I, I'm pretty sure I've heard Lukey Moore from the football ramble complain about that. Yeah, they may have one now. I, I don't I don't I haven't checked into it recently, but they yeah, at the, I don't think they had an academy for years, which is just insane. <laughs> Absolutely insane, especially when their hated rivals and neighbors, uh, Southampton, have one of the most famed and productive academies in the in the country. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's got to <laughs> just be that's tearing them up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so. Not the final everyone was expecting. And uh, I don't obviously I'm not like super familiar with their run to the final, but I do know that they did beat United at Old Trafford um, on the way to the final. Um, So that that is I mean, that's at that time, especially that's yeah, that's yeah, exactly. No (laughs) easy, no easy feat, especially at that time. That's still, you know, Fergie era. Oh, that is uh, so like, yeah, that's still you know. Ronaldo United, right? Is that I his last so. year? It might have been think. his last year. Yeah. 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 Cause he, uh, what was that? He moved on to, did he go straight to Madrid from there? Yeah. He either moved that year or the year after to Madrid. Yeah. Um, um, but either so yeah, way, I that mean, is prime time Manchester United, unstoppable Manchester United. Yeah. To squeak out a one nil win at old Trafford. Uh, it's huge. That's a huge win. Um, Um, I'm looking at it now, um, and I see that was a sixth round tie. So that's right, right before that. That's a quarterfinal tie. Quarterfinal Um, tie. Okay. And um, you guarantee Manchester United thought they had their hands on the cup at that point. Looking at the table, who was left in the tournament? (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah, that was their FA Cup to lose. Uh, And they and Portsmouth knocked them out. Portsmouth, who was somehow even that lineup languishing at the bottom of the Premier League at the time still still managed to knock out United. Yeah, that's that's a conundrum. I don't even know how to explain that. It's such a weird time. Like they that team, I mean, Harry Redknapp as the manager, old Harry. Right. Uh, but like that team, the names we just listed, all those names went on to have like, I mean, Kanu is obviously a little older, um, but like Sol Campbell, older side, but like I think all those guys went on to continue to play in the Premier League for years to come. Oh, definitely. And like have an impact still. For sure. Um, Looking at the Carter City side, I don't know a lot of their players. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I see see a lot of British flags in that lineup. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Very, very British heavy. Um, (laughs) One one notable for Arsenal fans is the, the Aaron Ramsey made his FA cup debut during that tournament run. So it's good for him. Handsome Ramsey coming through the Cardiff Academy. Yeah. Uh, big things in the future for sure. Both looks wise and football. In <laughs> yeah. Yes. He was a man for the FA cup to be fair. He won Arsenal a couple of them. Yeah. I don't know how many he was involved, but I mean, y'all win it almost every year. I feel like, so he's got a few. Yeah, he scored some beautiful goals in, in those games. I think he actually scored the winner in both of our our last really? two FA Cup. Uh, yeah, I think I'm pretty sure he scored the winner. I know he scored in one of them, but um, I'm pretty sure he has the winner in both of them. 
Well, there you go, Alex. The seeds were planted back here in 2008. Yep, he got a taste for the cup, the magic of the cup. <laughs> Couldn't get enough of it. Uh, I understand. I understand, Ramsey. I get it. I love the magic of the cup. I do too. I can't wait for FA Cup time. As they all, all the Brits always say, was well, the third round of the FA Cups the best time of the year. Yeah. Yeah, you know, third round is maybe a little early for my taste, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah, no, I get it. The, the big boys finally get their there. chance yeah. with the small clubs up against them. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of exciting stuff. There's always a few, a few cup sets. So obviously, we we probably should have went back and maybe watched the match or something, a little highlight reel. But uh, <laughs> for a final score, a little man of the match and a goal. Winning, winning goal from Kanu. Portsmouth walked out one nil winners. They did qualify for the UEFA Cup, their first foray into European football from that. So they got relegated, won the FA Cup, and got into their their first trip into Europe from the championship the next season. Wow, that's incredible. So very interesting time for Portsmouth. Like, I, I don't even know how you feel as a football fan at that point, as a fan. Like, we just won the FA Cup. That's amazing. We got relegated. This is the worst thing ever. Yeah. We're in Europe, but we're also playing in a championship schedule at the same time. Like, how, what a crazy, yeah, crazy time to be a Portsmouth schedule fan. is not built for midweek European, Johns. No, no. That is a brutal place to play in the championship. And they had to squeeze in Europe as well. What a crazy thing to happen for a team to be playing in Europe from the championship. Yes, that's absolutely insane. <laughs> uh, uh, I can't think of another instance of it happening. No, I don't think I think that's probably the only time. At least in the Premier League era, it's definitely the only time. And yeah, Portsmouth, uh, you know, I I still keep an eye on Portsmouth occasionally just to see how they're doing. I'm rooting for them to make their way back up. But they've had a uh, a hard time since then. They uh, they did make the final again two years after that, um, still fighting their way through. But uh, honestly, the the being a small club as they are and the amount of money they spent and getting relegated and having all those contracts, I think that club was just it just drained them. I think that that time they spent it all to get that one FA Cup in that that brief stint in Europe. And they've been yeah. paying for it ever since. Lessons to be learned, huh? Lessons to be learned. Don't hire Harry Redknapp and definitely so, don't give him control of the bank yeah. account if you do. <laughs> yeah. How do you do an outro? <laughs> <laughs> it's like so, it's like something's burning. Bert can never figure out how to end his po- end the show. All right, y'all. The show. Um, I think it's you know. football. We need a catchphrase. Yeah, know? right. We need a uh, yeah. I'll try and think of a cheesy catchphrase, but until we have our cheesy catchphrase down, thanks everybody for listening. Yeah, enjoy so enjoy much. this this week's. Uh, this football and hopefully some dramatic news throughout the week to keep us busy until kickoff yes and shout out to james in la thanks for the feedback james um i was just gonna say i'll try to stop saying um so much before everything i say
Soccer, soccer, soccer situation. situation.